Welcome to another special edition of Bayou Business Download, a podcast from the Greater Houston Partnership. We are continuing to bring you updated information and analysis on the ongoing coronavirus pandemic. I'm your host, AJ Mistretta, and I'm joined once again by Partnership Senior Vice President of Research, Patrick Jankowski. Like many other employees right now around the uh, area, we are both working from home and conducting this conversation via teleconference. Today, we hope to bring you the most up-to-date information on the evolving situation facing Houston and our economy. Patrick, thanks again for joining me today. AJ, thanks for having me on again. Patrick, everyone wants to know what near and long-term effects the coronavirus will have on our economy. What's the difficulty an economist like you faces in answering that question? Right now, the whole economics community, we're having a problem that there's just no good data out there yet. We've talked about this before. The only data that we're getting that really shared some light on it is the unemployment insurance claims. And we see that today there are over another 6 million have been filed. And it gives us some indication of how many layoffs are occurring. But we don't have any idea of what the effect has been on GDP. We're only slowly starting to see it on housing, only slowly starting to see it on, on automobile sales and so forth. Uh, so the real issue is the data is lagging. And, and once we start getting some better reports in, it'll be easier to model and forecast this. You know, the situation is, is changing daily. There's so many unknowns out there, and this is unprecedented. You know, we try to build our models to do forecasting, and the forecasting is based on an increase in interest rates or a fall in oil prices or an increase in oil prices. But it's hard to come up with a model that says what happens when you have a pandemic that goes out there and puts people uh, in the hospital and makes them stay at home. And it, it just, it's been a real challenge because this is such a new and unique situation for the economics community. That makes sense. Um, talk, if you can, about how rapidly the situation has evolved here in Houston. Well, think about it. The, the very first case we had in the U.S. was January 21st. First case in Houston was March 4th. It only took a week from then for the rodeo to be canceled. That was March 11th. March 16th, we barred eating out and going to bars. On March 24th, uh, the stay-at-home order came from Harris County. March 26th, we had the first death. So if you think about that, uh, it only took about three and a half weeks for us to go from the first case in Houston to the first death. Now, you can kind of back up and you can say it only went about two weeks from when we had the first case in Houston to we had the stay-at-home order issue. So everything is evolving very quickly. Let's talk about the distribution of cases, if we can, uh, in the Houston area specifically. What are we seeing county by county right now? Well, if you think about it, the cases are actually kind of falling out the way we would expect them to, in the sense the way the population is distributed in the region. Harris County accounts for about two-thirds of the region's population, and right now Harris County accounts for about two-thirds of the, the confirmed cases. If you look at the other one-third of the population is in all the other counties, so Fort Bend and Galveston, Missouri, and so forth. And about one-third of the cases are there as well. So it's pretty much aligning the way we would expect to, the way the population is distributed in the region. Can you describe the state the national economy was in just prior to the arrival of COVID-19? This gets back to what I was saying earlier about how quickly things are changing and how much of a challenge it is to understand what's going on. If you go back to February 12th, the Dow closed at a record high. And the headlines out there was that we shouldn't worry about the coronavirus, and there was actually worries about oil prices rising. You just go two weeks later, February 28th, and the stocks had suffered their biggest weekly loss since 2018, 
and we were already seeing a collapse in oil prices. Go, go back January 3rd, and we actually saw oil prices surging. They got above $60 a barrel. Uh, they got above $60 a barrel because the U.S. had just launched a strike on one of Iranian's military leaders. Uh, we expected oil crude supplies to be curtailed, and on the spot market, prices were being bid up. And just go back just a few days ago, March 30th, we saw crude prices in the low 20s. And there were actually several Texas oil companies had gone back to the Texas Railroad Commission and asked them if they would consider bringing back the rules that they had in the 70s to curtail production in Texas. Back before then, the Texas Railroad Commission, one of the things they could do is uh, set allocations and, and tell each company how much they were allowed to produce to try to prevent the glut. And we had a couple of oil companies in Texas saying, maybe we need to bring that back. Shows you how things change. I mean, I mean, one other thing, the, the U.S. economy, this is perhaps one of the keenest indicators of how much things have changed. If you go back to the report for January, we had 225,000 jobs were created in January. We had 113 months of continuous employment growth. And then just with the report that comes out today, we had 6 million claims for unemployment insurance, initial claims, 3 million last week. So in a period of, of, of two months, we've gone from having 225,000 jobs created to 10 million people filing for unemployment insurance. That shows you how quickly things are changing. You touched on oil just now, and, and we touched on this last time we talked, but I want to unpack it a little bit more. Break down for us what's currently happening in the oil markets. As you said, you know, how do we go from $60 a barrel uh, to where we are now, hovering around $20 a barrel? How does that make sense? Two things are happening right now. The initial result was Saudi Arabia and Russia not being able to agree upon how much they thought they should cut production. They did see that the demand for crude was going to drop globally because of the virus, and they thought maybe we might need to drop a few million barrels. And Russia didn't want to cooperate on that. They said that they have curtailed production long enough. Every time they've cut back on production, the U.S. has stepped up and filled the void. Uh, Saudi Arabia would like for them to cooperate because they said, no, Russia's flooded the market, and Saudi Arabia has flooded the market. And that's what's driven oil prices down. That was the initial thinking, and it's still very valid, but also because of the slowdown in the global economy, there's some estimates out there that demand for crude globally could fall by as much as 10 to 15 million barrels a day. That's like 10 to 15 percent. So when you have production remaining at the same level and you have demand falling so much, that's basic economics, and that's what's keeping prices depressed. And we'll probably keep them depressed at least through mid-year, if not through the end of the year. So it's well beyond now just the, the conflict between Russia and Saudi Arabia. Now we're, we're dealing with an actual dramatic decline in demand. Everywhere, the global economy is slowing down. If you look at Europe, if you look at the U.S., if you look at Asia, it's starting to see a slowdown in Latin America as well. When economic activity slows down, there's less demand for fuel, less demand for crude. And with the demand being down, but the supply remaining the same, you're going to have this big glut, and the glut is what's pushing down prices. All right. What do you believe will be the effect of the stimulus, the federal stimulus that's been passed so far? It was very important that the U.S. Congress pass its stimulus. It's about $2.2 trillion. I want to put that a little bit in perspective. I did some research, and during World War II, adjusted for inflation, the U.S. spent a total of $4.1 trillion uh, prosecuting the war. So basically, the stimulus package that we just passed is equal to about half of what we spent on World War II. What we're going to see with the stimulus package, which is really a misnomer, it should be called a stabilization package, is it's going to prevent things from getting much worse, but it's not going to provide growth. 
We know that there are 10 million people out there that are unemployed. We know from our own research and other research that small businesses are struggling. You can look at the airlines, you can look at the retail stores, you can look at the manufacturers. What the, the stimulus package is going to do is try to bring a little bit more stability to the economy, but it's not going to juice it and cause additional growth. We're going to need to move beyond the pandemic, and we're going to need for some consumer confidence and business confidence to come back before we start to see growth returning again. Patrick, you've made some projections on job losses based on what we've seen in previous downturns. Talk us through what you're using to model this and what you're actually projecting. Well, there there are two ways that you can look at this, two ways to try to determine the, the extent of the losses. There are some economists out there that do some modeling. Bill Gilmer with the Institute for Regional Forecasting has done some modeling. You've got Ray Perryman with the Perryman Group has done some modeling. They have come back and said that uh, Perryman's model says maybe 250,000 jobs. Gilmer's model says maybe 45,000 jobs. Gives you some idea how difficult it is to model. I talked about that earlier when you've got such a wide gap. I've been going back and just trying to figure out in past downturns, how has Houston's economy performed? and figure out, is this more like a a great recession or is this like an energy bust? And actually it's like a great recession with a little bit of the energy bust laid on top of that. Now, if you think about it, in the great recession, we lost 120,000 jobs. That was about four and a half percent of the total jobs that were lost. Uh, If you look at the oil bust in the eighties, we lost 226,000 jobs and that was around 13% of all the jobs lost. And as I look at this, this kind of comes between the two of those. And so if you just simply kind of make the assumption that we're going to perform worse than the Great Recession, but not as bad as the energy bust, you take those percentages of losses in, we're looking at easily 150,000 jobs lost in Houston. And as I'm carrying the employment reports that came out today, I'm more comfortable that probably saying we're going to lose at least 200,000 jobs go around. Because we're still going to be seeing people filing for unemployment insurance for the next two to three weeks. And if every report that comes out, we're seeing 40,000 more people applying for unemployment insurance, that's going to put us over 200,000 jobs lost in the region. We talked a bit last time about those industries that are most vulnerable right now, certainly those that touch uh, customers directly, which obviously in a time of social distancing are suffering. Restaurants, entertainment, bars and nightclubs, personal care services. How has that list expanded? with the stay home work safe order we are currently under here in Harris County. Well, those who are working from home are lucky because they are still presumably collecting their full paycheck. Those who are impacted by social distancing are the ones that are, are most likely not collecting a paycheck. And when we looked at this and the, the categories you talked about, airlines and entertainment and restaurants and bars and personal care, the, the, the nail salons, the barbershops, the beauty salons, that comes up to about 777,000 jobs in Houston. So that's roughly between one in four and one in five jobs that are impacted in the region. And those are the ones that tend to be lower paid. Those are the ones that tend to have less accumulated wealth. Those are the ones who have less savings. And they're the ones who are going to be impacted the most by this. Those are the ones who hopefully are going to get their unemployment insurance checks fairly soon. But the concern is those of us who are working from home, if things don't get better, and the reserves are gonna be pulled down. If we're still working from home after May, everyone's job is at risk. You're going to start seeing furloughs and layoffs, even in the white collar professionals, or if you don't see furloughs and layoffs, you're gonna see uh, pay cuts, or you're going to see one thing that we're starting to see is companies not putting in the match for 401ks, things of that nature. They're gonna be looking for ways to conserve cash. The businesses which are affected by the social distancing, are in survival mode right now. And when it gets to May, and if if we're not back at work, 
all businesses are going to be in survival mode and doing everything they can to just make sure they can get by the next two to three months. The partnership recently sent a survey out to our small business members. Walk us through some of the findings from that survey. Well, we asked them a number of questions uh, about suppliers, about employment, about revenues and so forth. But we found that one in five of the small businesses out there are unable to receive supplies or services because of the downturn. Uh, we're looking at a third of them are unable to deliver their goods or services to their clients. Another third have reduced headcount. 60% are actually operating below half capacity. And two out of every five, so they can only survive another week to four weeks if things don't turn around. So probably the biggest hit is going to come on the small businesses. If you just take small businesses as a group, they represent about 30% of all the jobs in the region. So in that sense, 30% of all the jobs in the region are at risk because of the downturn tied to the COVID-19 virus. Patrick, what are you going to be looking for in the next few days and weeks to help determine our trajectory moving forward? A couple of things. Uh, one thing, I'm very closely tracking the number of initial claims for unemployment insurance out there and watching to see whether those are rising or falling. There's also a subcategory that doesn't get reported on a weekly basis, but a monthly basis called continuing claims. And look to see, well, hopefully not rising, but we'll see it rising and then we'll start to look for that starting to fall. The other thing, we're going to get sales tax revenues information that will come in in the next week or so. We'll be looking at that. Uh, and part of it is going to just be the anecdotal. I talk to an awful lot of other economists. I talk to other people in business. I read a lot of reports and seeing what others are reporting about their business. Uh, it is so unprecedented. It's almost becoming cliche, but there's the dearth of data. There's everything is so new for us trying to understand this. It's going to be a challenge. I will probably be trying to find additional sources of information that it's not a, a traditional economist doesn't follow, but that will be giving me some insight. Patrick, uh, thank you for your insight today. AJ, I'm, I'm glad to provide it. Let's just hope this thing peaks real soon and that we can all get back to work real soon. I miss being in the office. I miss seeing my friends there. Yeah, me too. And, and that's it for this episode of the Bayou Business Download. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. You can do so by visiting the podcast page on Houston.org. You'll also find links to recent data and news updates. We are also updating our coronavirus resource page daily with links, articles, and tools geared toward the Houston business community. You can find a link on our homepage. Please continue social distancing practices and stay safe. Thank you again for listening to Bayou Business Download.